everybody. I want to thank you all for joining us again for another episode of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study. I am your host, Coach Chelsea, and I'm super excited to join you guys again just for another opportunity to share, to learn, to grow in our faith, to grow in servant leadership, to talk some sports talk. And what better way to do that than the servant leader we have on? We're going to go back to her. She's not new to this game. She's already in the servant leader family. She is definitely in my family. We have today's servant leader, Brittany Ezell. She has definitely been, you know, around these parts. You know the name, you know the face. She is a big sister of mine, a mentor of mine. I could go on and on about her, probably the length of this whole entire show. Well, she's definitely shifted into another facet that I'm so proud of her. She is now the team leader and official member of Keller Williams Sports Entertainment um, plus Next Move. She is a former coach. She is former athlete. She is servant leader and I just couldn't say enough about it, but since I love you, I always say that time is one of those things that once it's given, you can't give it back. So I thank you for your time today. And I'm going to pass the torch to you because if they know what I know, we're going to want to get this conversation started. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't even know if I can ever live up to your intros, but you know, I hope you give one of those on the last day that I'm ever on this earth. So make sure that you do that for me. I got you. I, uh, I try to make sure that I am living more for my eulogy than my resume. So yeah. I will make sure that we're doing that. So, hey, everybody, uh, again, thanks for having me on. It's my second time on the show, and it has been an absolute blessing uh, in my life, um, just like Chelsea has and her entire family and, and uh, the people that I've met through this wonderful organization. So thanks. Uh, as she said, I am now in the real estate uh, business. I am the CEO of uh, Keller Williams in Northeast Tennessee. Uh, I'm a member of Keller Williams Sports and Entertainment. We specialize in real estate needs for athletes and celebrities. Uh, member of Next Move, which is a uh, white glove concierge service for luxury relocation. Um, still working for a ticketing company based out of Austin, Texas. Uh, I do have my real estate license. I have an insurance license. I'm consulting for a software company, and uh, whew, I am uh, I am here to be on the servant leader. So, I'm excited. Let's get let's get going, and uh, anything that I can do to assist, that is the point guard in me. So let's get it, sis. I'm with you. Let's go. Hey, for sure, for sure. And you know, I love it because more than anything, she gave the list because I said give them a brief introduction of yourself. But that is one of the things that she truly is not uh, a person to pat back. So I need to make sure, and what I've learned as a person that doesn't like to toot their own horn, to be that person that kind of helps people um, remember uh, that they can do that, that they, they can definitely let their light shine. I'm going to go ahead and give the verse for today just for us to listen. And today I have uh, Romans 14 and 12. It says, so then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. And the reason why I give this, I was watching something today, uh, Deion Sanders had a clip and he was just briefly talking about, you know, it's so easy. We, what's one of the things we love to say, my bad, 
you mess up, you say my bad, right? And it's become something we're so heavily reliant upon. And it's like, as a coach, as an athlete, we know this to be true, but what would happen if we practice every day to get it right on the first time? We know we're imperfect, but what would happen if we practice every day, whatever your respective sport is to get it right the first time? And what if we walk the walk that Christ has called us to walk to get it right the first time? And so as I you know, thought about that, that's what it brought me to Romans 14 and 12. So then everyone else shall give a, every one of us should give an account of himself to God. And I just know as I move, lead serve that that is how I live my life I want like you said when you came on sis and I always use this that you know I'm eulogy living I'm not working about my resume I'm eulogy living so that when I get to him and I remember that she said this on the last show y'all and it took me out she says when I get to God I want to be tired I want to be bending over with my hands on my knees and saying yep I did exactly what you asked me to do and just know sis that left an impression upon me it really did I appreciate that (laughs) I appreciate that for let's, sure. let's just hope that uh, that God's not like us coaches and says, stand up. There's no good air down there. You know what I mean? Like, hey, stand up while I read your book of life real quick. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, guys, you know, as we get into this conversation and hear for uh, hear from, I'm going to say Coach Ezell, that that's just, you know. That's fun. That's right. Fine. And uh, one of the things that we kind of been talking about uh, and, and she's going to get me for this because I had to make her kind of go back into her notes. But in this life, you know, whether we're coaching, whatever we're leading, serving, we know that sometimes life blindsides us, right? We have a plan for our lives. We think it's going to go some way. And even when we're redirected, God's like, I know you don't see where I'm going with this. I know you don't, right? But I want you to trust me because sometimes that pain, sometimes that redirection is your blessing. And my sis gave an amazing message on that. And when I saw the title, I was like, yep, you're going to have to come on back and give us a little bit of that. So sis, I need you to go ahead and bless us with that because someone out here, I just know it, someone out here, whatever facet that they're in, they think that the Lord has moved them, that it's punishment. And I always tell my girls, this isn't punishment, this is preparation. So if you could share that with us a little bit before we kind of jump into some other things, I would really appreciate that. Give us that message, please. Girl, there is nothing like you putting me on the spot. And I I had this whole presentation, I was so excited, and then you're going to throw this at me. That's all right. So I, I, gave a, I gave a speech and it was born out of heartbreak for me. Um, I spent 23 years as a collegiate basketball coach and pouring my life into someone else's children. And if you've coached, um, you understand that, you know, for the rest of your life, you're going to have walking trophies all over the country and they will be a reflection of you. And, and uh, it's hard when someone says, I don't want that to be your path anymore. And that someone is not who you ultimately answer to. And so you have a lot of questions because you try to validate yourself through people that really can't even offer you validation. My validation comes in, you know, who I am and and what I was born to do and um, kind of who Christ says I am, not necessarily who an administrator, a fan or a a newspaper reporter says. But the the title of my speech was uh, Rejection to Redirection. And the premise of it is that, you know, we don't understand the plan. It is our job to, to gain knowledge and out of that knowledge to really gain wisdom. Um, Proverbs 4, 7 is that uh, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and in all that you're getting, you'll get understanding. So when you're rejected, it's hard to try to stand there and say, gosh, I need to figure out what this lesson is. But it's the same thing that when you're a coach, you either win or you learn. 
and I tried to look at it the same way when I was a professional, I, I lost. And I, if I just kept looking at it as a loss, I was going to be a loser and I just couldn't do that. So what am I, what am I being taught here? What kind of wisdom can I gain? And the wisdom that I gained is that that rejection that led me to a redirection turned out to be my protection. And it's what I needed. And I always try to remember that even when I feel exposed, when I feel cold, when I feel alone, that I'm covered up. And I was really being protected by being redirected uh, to a new career path and an opportunity to serve more people and to kind of use the platform that I've been provided based on my experience, based on my knowledge, based on my wisdom, based on my understanding to the point where I can reach out to that poor person that's saying my light has been dimmed and remind you, remind you that your light can never be dim, that it was given to you as an eternal flame and it's something that's supposed to burn in you forever. And it's my job to use my light to ignite another because candles lose no light by igniting another flame. That's my job. And I believe that's part of my purpose and, and why I'm you know kind of walking around this spinning thing um, just to help. So yes, I was rejected. Yes, I was redirected. But when I look at it and in the wisdom that I gained, I, I really tried to focus on the fact that I was protected and uh, I would be encourage, encouraging all of you uh, if you ever feel that way, know that you don't need to look for validation here. Look for validation elsewhere. Look up for your validation and uh, try to discern the difference between facts and feelings. You know, the facts don't care about your feelings. They really don't. And what were the facts? Facts were that I was fired. That's a fact. How did I feel about it? I felt like I wasn't good enough. I felt like I would never do anything of substance. That's just a feeling. And all the bad choices I've ever made in my life have been based on feeling, not fact. Facts are there are jobs out there to be had. Facts are there are people out there to impact. Facts are that you can always help regardless of your title and that you don't really need to focus, focus on your title, focus on your opportunities. And that's where I, I just tried to go. It's, you know, don't focus on your position, focus on your mission. So is that good enough, Chelsea? How'd I do? Nah, it is. And I'm going I'm to tell you this because so often, you know, and I'll say this to you all, in leadership, transparency is key a lot. I learned that from you too. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times in leadership, especially servants leadership, when we were trying to be Christ-like in our walks, right? We don't move and we don't lead and say, hey, well, I'm a Christian and it's my walk, but now I'm going into sports realm and so I'm going to take that hat off, right? Mm -hmm. It's in all realms. And so often that is hard though, right? Because as we're leading and we're serving and we're coaching or we're leading outside of the sports world, whatever the case may be, there's moments that come that truly we fall into our feelings as yeah. we say, get out of your feelings. We find ourselves in our feelings. It happens because we're human, because we are part flesh still, we're not all spirit and that happens. And so I'm, I'm so thankful that you place so many nuggets even in that small line right there that's what she does y'all that's what a whole conversation with her is like just letting y'all know it's full of diamond nuggets right but one of the key pieces that you talked about is basically you know losing the not losing the mission and I tell people this all the time I don't want to get to Christ as you say and then he asked me I say all these things and, and it's like but that's not the assignment that I called for you right I don't care, as you told me, what my record is. I don't care how many championships. I, I could care less if your person had, you coached the top player in the world. 
what I cared about is if you did the mission that I assigned you to. Yeah. Do y'all hear that? I don't know if y'all heard that. It was like major thunder. Okay, Lord, I hear you. Right. <laughs> so it was like major. So, but, but, and I think so often though, in terms of this world that we find ourselves in, especially when God moves us, mm-hmm. right? That's the key piece. We have to be malleable. I'm science background, y'all. That means mm-hmm. we have the ability to bend. And even though we may bend, he's not going to allow us to break. And so that's why this message for me, right? And talking to friends and talking to people that I work with, even certain athletes that are listening of mine, I need them to understand that when God has his hand upon you, even if it seems that it's like, no, that's not what I had as my plan. That's not what, no, 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 no. His redirection, as you said, is for our protection. Yep. Right. And I think that's golden. You know, and people have to understand, you know, when you get rejected and you're, and you're in the midst of it and it's hard and you're in the middle of a storm and you feel like you're never going to get out. People will always tell you to wait on the Lord, right? They wait, but Let's think of it this way. If you spell out wait, W-A-I-T, what I always try to think when I hear that word, W-A-I-T represents why am I talking? (laughs) Come on. So when you're waiting and most people, when they're waiting or they're confused or they're hurt, all they want to do is talk. Mm -hmm. When when I'm in a bad place, I I really just prefer to wait and listen because I all I'm doing when I talk is repeating what I've, what I've learned or, or what my feelings are telling me to say. But when I listen and I really listen, I hear things that were intended solely for me, mm-hmm. not for the world, not for, not for anybody else. They're for me. And they may come from, from different paths. They may come from friends. They may come from family. It may come from a song or just sitting in silence and knowing that I'm not alone. You have to learn just how to wait. Why am I talking? Just listen. listen. I love that. There's a song and everybody knows I love music, right? And Coco, (laughs) she was in SWV and she sings it and she shifted the gospel and it's called Wait. Y'all listen to it. If you have not, go listen to Coco, Wait. And she starts and it says, um, there's a blessing in waiting on Jesus. But so oftentimes, here we go, we go our own way. Mm -hmm. But we must learn that God knows what's best. And in his own time, he will pass the test. So wait, wait, I say on the Lord. And just like the word said, you said being still, why am I talking? Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I'm taking a look at it, I had to look it up to make sure I had it right. Psalms 46 and 10 it says, be still and know that I am God. Yep. Be still and know that I'm God. I will be exalted among the heavens. I will be exalted in the earth. And so often we think and we feel that, you know, I know what's best. So often we feel like, no, it's my way. But you said it best when God is needing to change us and elevate us. um, If he is trying to redirect us, as you say, sometimes we have to be still so we can hear him and not listen to all the distractions. Well, it's true. Uh, Typically, your breakthrough doesn't come until you really break down. Mm, Come on. I, I can't get to my next level until I break down where I am right now. And what people have to understand about success, and, and that's it at any level, success is sequential. It's not simultaneous. And it doesn't also mean that success is going to be this straight line. It's more of a kind of think of it as stairs. Mm-hmm. And when you think of it as stairs, what are we all trying to ascend to? So it's going to go up and down. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be hard. Success is sequential. You got to go through this to get to this. Mm-hmm. And if I skip a step, it's like anything else in my life. If I skip a step, then did I really learn? 
So every time I take a step, I try to pause. And I try to practice the pause in my life a lot, in my relationships, in my work, and you know the things that I do. I try to, to pause and say, is this where I'm being led? Is this where I should be? Am I impactful in this space? And if I'm not, I wait. Mm-hmm. Because when I'm not being impactful, it's usually because I'm being selfish, I'm being self-serving, I'm not listening, I'm not serving, I'm not doing the things that I'm supposed to do. So pausing, waiting, it may sound like I go slow, but uh, you know, I, uh, I have a tendency to move pretty quickly when I'm passionate about something. I guess that's why it makes it easy for me to just kind of talk to you off script. This is, this is easy. This is what has always been on my heart to share. So, yeah. For sure. You mentioned the storms, right? And, you know, I always think about some when the storms of life are raging, stand by me, right? Mm-hmm. Storming outside right now. That's why I thought y'all heard that. <laughs> um, but the storms have a way, as my pastor always says, he's like, you know, just keep waking up and saying good morning. Mm-hmm. Or he said, there it is. Again. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. And so, more than anything, it does not matter who you are, how high you go in life, the storms in life will come. You know, talk to us a little bit about when those storms brew, right? How your foundation of, of just your faith, um, leaning on Christ. I know for a fact, you know, your mom is going to come somewhere in that talk, right? <laughs> I know it is. But just talk to us a little bit as leaders as you know christian leaders servant servant leaders when those storms come kind of how can we learn to lean and allow him as you say to just wait so why am i talking in the midst of those storms well there was a there was a great quote that was given to me um from a book that andy andrews uh wrote and if you've never read anything by andy andrews it's he writes in parables um so it was really interesting and the quote was when confronted with a challenge a committed heart searches for a solution when an undecided heart searches for an escape. I don't try to search for an escape when things happen. I don't, I don't, I don't want an escape because who am I? How selfish am I to think that my life should be trouble-free? How, how selfish am I to think that I should go through life and not have hard times and heartache and you know be let down? How selfish is that of me? I think you find out, and it's really true, Chelsea. I mean, you find out so much more in, in the valley than you do at the peak. You do. And, you know, I, I guess what I've learned the most is that sometimes you got to fight a battle more than one time to win it. Come on. There's going to be, there's going to be a bunch of battles that you're going to fight that you're going to think, man, I already did this. No, you didn't because you didn't learn what he was trying to teach you in that battle. And you're going to keep fighting that same battle until you win it. We keep getting presented with the same problems, maybe in a different scenario, maybe with a different person, maybe with a little different parameters, but until we learn what we're intended to learn from that situation, we will never get out of that battle and the war will rage on. I'm not really interested in looking at big picture. I'm not really interested in winning the war because that's already been won for me. It has. What I'm trying to do is win the daily battles that I'm presented with so that I can be a victor, not a victim. That's what I want to do with my life. That's it. Come on. So is it something I have to get up and make a choice to do every day? Yeah. Are there days that I don't want to get up and do it? Absolutely. But it goes back to all of my bad moments. Never a bad day because you and I have always talked about this. I don't have bad days. Somebody else prays for my worst day. Come on. So when I wake up every morning, I try to choose. I try to choose. And, and it is hard and it is a choice. I try to choose to remind myself. You've made it through all the worst days you've ever had. 
the days you never thought you'd get through, the days you thought you were just going to lay down and die, the days you thought everybody had written you off, you made it through those days and you're still standing there with opportunity. Every day you have air in your lungs, you have opportunity and that's how you have to look at it. My worst day is somebody else's prayer. How selfish would I be? Come on. How selfish would I be if I didn't allow myself to have that worst day so that I could build and that that prayer for that person could get better too? Y'all see what I mean? (laughs) Listen, I'm just, that's all I'm saying. And you know, it's so funny because that moves me to my next point. And and, and when I'm talking to you, y'all, these are our conversations, just FYI. Um, But when I'm talking to you and I'm talking with individuals, people that know me know that I'm not a sharer like that. Like I'm not an open book. I've gotten better because I've understood what transparency does in leadership, but I've also understood this. Just as you talked about, you know, the valley moments taught you more than peak moments ever could. What I've learned, and I like to call them story moments versus glory moments. And those that are, you know, repeat listeners that join us quite often, you would learn, and I say that, right, as believers, as leaders, as servant leaders, we are like, sometimes we get so caught in serving and leading that we, we fail to realize that sometimes the best leadership or the chains to be broken from somebody else lies in our story. Mm-hmm. But we are so often always compared to social media, right? We post the best picture. I'm going to take 50 pictures before that best selfie with the best light and the best angle. Mm -hmm. And that's the one I'm going to post and show. Mm -hmm. In the 49 errors that I didn't show is where the redemption of others are going to come from. Mm -hmm. We hold it close to our vest. We feel that. But when you just said that, (laughs) sometimes my worst day is someone else's prayer. It is. That hits deep because it reminds us that we need to always be thankful for where we are. It is. It is. And, you know, I'm, I'm that person that edits my IG photos. I got no problem saying that. Okay. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got frown marks. I got crow's feet. I got laugh marks. I will edit that until the day that I die. But I will continue to be transparent. And most importantly, I think it's okay to be vulnerable at times. And that vulnerability is where we reveal our strength. Now, we don't have to be an open book. We don't have to walk around and say, hey, let me tell you about this that happened to me. But when you have an opportunity to share your heart or bear your soul to someone who is going through it and you are tough enough, strong enough and secure enough to let them see your scars. I I think that speaks volumes because it goes back to my story. Here's my story. Here are my scars rather than look what I studied, look what I, look what, you know, look what degree I got, look at this, here's my scar. Let me tell you how I got it. And let me tell you how it healed. And let me tell you why I love that scar. And I have a bunch of them. And and I have internal scars, we all do, that, you know, I've never shown anybody. But there's gonna be that person that gets placed in my life that needs to see that scar. And I've got to be willing to share it. That's part of being a victor or a victim. Which one you want to be? That's so golden. Sorry, y'all had to mute because it's it's turned over here with this thunder. But that's so golden because I I speak all of of that uh, servant leader, Pastor Dennis McNulty. We've talked about Mm -hmm. it before on here. And even looking down at my knee right now. You know, um, people know my teammates, my current athletes, I talk about all the time, the knee surgeries, I had five of them, right? 
and there's scars that remind me of that every time. But what I will tell you is this, I'm not often reminded of, you know, the pain, the hurt, right? When I look at them, I remember, it allows me to remember, but it allows me to remember that I overcome, overcame. Mm-hmm. Like when I when I walk and take a step without having to hold on to somebody or have crutches to do so, mm-hmm. I'm reminded of how I've overcome, right? Yeah. When I take a look and I remember, oh my God, it used to be swollen. It was bloody. It was all, but now I look at it and it's healed. And see somebody, you hit the nail on the head needs to hear that because they'll take a look at us and they'll say from face value, what I see because of what we show, oh, they have it all together. Yep. Or as people like to say, oh, they look like they never have a bad day. They mm-hmm. look like they've never been through anything. And that's just not true. But the other portion of that is, it's that glory and story moment. Mm -hmm. It's scars that show people, wait. So she had scars and she's (laughs) still walking and moving and saying that God is good. How do I get to that place? How did you move from that place? And that moment right there, as Chris Crowder says, you know, our brother, uh, embrace us brother. He always says it. And you know, he's so meek with it. And he says, it's not our job to Bible beat or chase people down. It's our job to just live and walk the walk. And when we walk our walk, that also includes sharing the scars and people truly do then want to know, you know, I remember walking a fair and this is what people do. You have a thing of food. And the first time, where'd you get that from? I didn't see that tent. Where'd you get that from? Right. You know, that's what people do. And then you say, oh, it was, it was back there. Our job is to walk just that way. Right. Where people look and see the illumination of us, how we overcome the excitement of us, how, how we're able to just break through. And even in the midst of the scars, we are on the other side. And our job is to say, oh, this, mm-hmm. oh, this grace I have, mm-hmm. that's what you mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, let me tell you, Jesus, oh, he's right up there. Let me tell you about him. And that's our job as servant leaders. That's Absolutely. Well, I mean, and you brought up something. And, and when you said that, I almost got choked up because you brought up my mom, which anybody that knows me, that's, that's, <laughs> that, that's a whole different thing. I already know your mom's on here. So that, I mean, it's a whole different thing. Yeah. The greatest gift my mother and my father ever gave me is they lived their life and let me watch them do it. Mm-hmm. Scars and all, they lived their life and let me watch them do it. That's how you learn. And that's how you really start to value people when you can see their scars and understand their pain. And, and what you just said a minute ago, Chelsea, I even wrote it down about, you know, you're healed, you're no longer hurt. You can remember that hurt, but that healing stays with you forever. Mm -hmm. And it goes to that that little catchy phrase that says that hurt people hurt people. If you never, if you never get over what cut you, you never get past it. You're going to bleed on people that didn't hurt you. Mm -hmm. So hurt people hurt people, but most importantly, healed people heal people. So yeah, I was hurt. Absolutely. I was hurt but I think I'm healing. And if I can offer, you know, just a little bit of hope and light to somebody else, then my healing continues when yours starts. And it's a never ending path to continue to heal from hurts, but not to dwell on them to the point that I stopped my life. I I, I like looking back on moments that hurt because I can see how much I've changed and how much I've grown and the things that I never even realized I could do. I, I, it, it really kind of blows my mind. It really does. He does that for us. And, you know, as servant leaders and, and like you said, hurt people, hurt people, but heal people, heal people. I am reminded of that in 
as our brother Cabral Huff always says, he calls them board of directors. Who's on board your directors. Right. And I always like to say who occupies the seats at your table. Mm-hmm. This one hit me a while ago. And I think you and I talked about this. I saw this on social media months ago and it hit me. Like, I mean, literally just, I was like, oh, like y'all ever read something that's like, oh, that was good. Or that pastor hits a line. You're like, oh. <laughs> or how y'all probably been five times already on this call when she talks. Like, <laughs> you know, but it said, who are the pallbearers in your life? Mm-hmm. And we all, if not have physically attended a funeral, we kind of know the outs and ends and how it goes. And we know what pallbearers do, right? You have active and you have honorary, but those active pallbearers, they are literally going to lift up your dead weight, your limp dead weight with no assistance on each side and carry you to where you're supposed to be laid. Mm -hmm. And in your life, that is exactly those individuals that have to surround you. So when you say hurt people, hurt people, we see that a lot. So heal people also heal people when you find yourself with the right board of directors and the right pallbearers. Yeah. And, 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 and I think that is huge when you talk about community and fellowship. The word speaks about that. And that's why I love even just speaking with you because that is, that's a person, hype men exist. Yes, men exist, right? All the time. Y'all know that, but y'all need those. No, that's not, uh-uh, that's not right. No, that I don't even know why you went down that. And that is, those are the type of people, because here's the thing. At the end of the day, God calls for us to fellowship, but in the same vein, his word tells us that iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. And if I'm around you and I don't find myself sharpening, I find myself dulling. Yes. It's about time that I need to shift a little bit because when you're right, what does that thing say? It says um, your your uh, celebrations don't seem cocky when you're in the right group. That is very true. That is, is it ain't bragging if it's true either. Um, and, and the other thing that I always talk about when you're looking at your board and, and I am honored to say that Coach Huff is in my group, I am, I am happy to say that, but when you look at your group, are they feeding your life or are they bleeding your life? Mm. Come on now. And, you know, I, I try to keep a spirit that I learned, you know, a long time ago, it's called Medita, which is a, a genuine joy in the success of others. And you look around when you're successful and there's a lot of people that are happy for you. There is. Where's that person that's happy for you when you got out of bed after you were depressed and fighting something? Where's that one person that celebrates that small victory? Okay. I I don't do what I do for the crowd. Okay. And you shouldn't look to the crowd to be the ones to pick you up. You look for those pallbearers because in those moments when you're down in the valley, you are nothing but dead weight. And you've got to have somebody lift you up. You do. And, and like you said, you got to have people that'll step in and hold you accountable and say, no, this isn't right. I, I don't care what you're going through. You're not going to go this route. You know, we're not going to let one mistake turn into another, turn into a lifetime of choices that are just tearing me apart. When we know that the people that we're surrounded with and we're brought into our lives, we're brought there for a reason. And maybe that reason is for you to be the voice of reason for that person. My, my favorite phrase, Chelsea, that my favorite phrase, and I tell my, the people that I work with and for here, my job every day is to attack every opportunity I have with a joyous intensity. A joyous intensity. I, I always get a kick out of it when people talk about believers and how we're supposed to be meek and mild and going back to what you're saying about, you know, it ain't bragging, it's a celebration. Yeah, I'm, the meek are going to inherit the earth, but you're going to have to fight for it. Come on. You're going to have to fight for it. And I don't ever remember there being a meek 
individual in the Bible that we all would aspire to be. I wouldn't say that Jesus was me. I, would, I wouldn't say anybody in that Bible was me because if you knew anything about those times, those people had to fight just to live. And I look at my life now and I look at, you know, some of these, the self-proclaimed Christians that just, it bothers me with the performance art. And that's what it is. I'm not trying to be meek. I'm trying to be humble. There's a little bit of a difference. And when I step outside of being humble, that's when I get humbled. Mm, come on. So there are certain things that I know of myself that I'm confident of. And my confidence is nothing but a memory of my previous success. That's what confidence is. It's a memory of your previous success. And it's a reflection of your commitment to a process. That's true in sport. That's true in education. That's true in relationship. That's true in your entire life. Your confidence comes from your memory of a previous success, which is a reflection of your commitment to that process. Good, bad, or ugly, because when you're in a process, not every day is a process of progress. Sometimes it's up and down. Now, we strive for a process of progress every day. We do, and we should do it with a joyous intensity because we've been given that opportunity. But, but doesn't work that way and the moment you step out of line you're going to get humbled and you're going to drop back down a couple pegs and you're going to need that board of directors to pick you up you are and you're going to need to show them a little bit of grace when they do it and not be so defensive and you're going to need to say thank you for checking me right here thank you for doing that thank you for doing that that's why i need you I got thousands of randoms that would love to applaud me, be my friend, send me a message, blah, 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 blah. I don't need that. I need about four people. So the people that are in my life that aren't in my inner circle, and it's like I've told you before, Chelsea, my inner circle is so small, it's a period. There ain't no circle, it's just a dot. It's just a dot. So if you're in my life, it's because I want you, not because I need you. I have everything I need. I'm provided everything I need. If I choose you, it's because I want you and I recognize that you bring value to my life. Are you feeding my life or are you bleeding my life? That's what I need to know. I love it. And, and I think more than anything that that is something that we all can take into account. Mm -hmm. And especially in this world, here's the thing. I was talking to somebody the other day about this and, and I said, you know, if we truly in the past couple of years have not taken just a step back and did what you said when you said, wait, why am I talking? <laughs> right. We're still doing way more talking than we're listening. We, we haven't learned anything these past couple of years. Right. And I know that the world is definitely open back up, you know, has a different look, but we're still kind of out there. We're back to our regimens. Right. But even in the midst of that process, I, I was talking to a friend of mine and I said, you know, God truly is trying to give us opportunity after opportunity to wait. Right. To wait. Why am I talking? I'm trying to listen. He is the most patient. Right. But as you also say, he's not me. Mm -mm. And honestly, if we're not distracted, we will also hear him. Mm -hmm. And the conversation I had, I said, I just want to make sure that I'm not so lost in the things I want and choose to do that I miss him yep. right like my prayer every day is like look sorry y'all my prayer every day is like listen look lord if I get so caught up in my day please tell me if this agenda is my agenda mm 
Mm-hmm. because if it's my agenda i'm asking you right now to reroute me as you said give me my redirection so i'm on the correct path as to what you would call me to do yep. and when i can do that because you said something best you said listen when i'm not humble and i step outside of being humble he will humble me mm-hmm. as the word would say a pride come before a fall or the fall yes it does <laughs> yes it does and, and and i will own it it has happened to me i, I will own it and and that's okay. And that's okay because that's one of my scars. And the best part about that is when it's happened to you, it's easy for you to walk up to that person who is teetering on the edge of going down that path you've already been. Hey, take it from me. I've been there. Don't do this. Don't do this. It's easier to speak from that level of experience. Sadly, you have to experience it. You know, it's it's a double-edged sword with experience. You got to get it to get it. You know what I mean? So it's hard. It is hard. And and yeah, you can be humbled. It's so funny that what you were talking about, I, I wrote on here, like, are you sticking to a schedule? Are you sticking to a schedule? And I don't mean my schedule. I mean, is there a cadence of accountability to my life? Mm-hmm. Am I invested in the right things? Am I surrounded with the right people? Am I doing good work? Am I, am I tithing? Am I doing the right things? Am I sticking to that schedule? Or did I make an excuse and let life get in the way? Did I read my journal today? Did I have my quiet time today? Did I pray for somebody today that didn't ask me to? Did I think good thoughts? I, I asked myself that a lot, Chelsea. Did, was I thinking good thoughts today or was I just wallowing in self-pity? Come on. But what was I doing today? Like, why did I let that bad moment turn into a bad two hours? Because my interaction with somebody else might have just been 30 seconds and I ruined it. And I ruined it. And, and I, I try to be a person that when people run into me, like I said on that last call, when you see me, I, you know that you're about to get some kind of hell. And I want it to be, here she comes in the room, all hell yeah, not all hell no. Come on, come on, yep. You, you get to decide what kind of hell you're going to give everybody that day. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm okay with that. I, I'm okay with that because I know, I know my entire desire, my entire desire is to make sure that one life breathes easier because I existed. That's it. If, if one life became better because of me, I did my job. But here's my overachieving self. I don't want to just settle for one life. Come on now. Come I, I just on. don't. Like I said, I've got walking trophies all over this country. They will be mine until the day they die. Like it, love it, indifferent, it doesn't matter. When you give your heart, when you give your time, when you are invested in another person, in a process, in, in anything, when you give of yourself, I think there's something glorious about that. Give it away. God, how selfish is it to keep your gift? Give it away. Where are you going to put it? There's no U-Haul on my hearse. What, what am I going to do when I get to the gates? Hey, God, I'm checking two bags. Do you mind? Come on. Just give it away. And what we give away comes back to us tenfold. It does. And it may not come back while we're, you know, on this planet. I don't care. I just know it will. 
I know it will. So I try to think about those things, Chelsea. I try to be mindful of my thoughts. I try to be mindful of my actions. I try to be mindful of everything. And I'm, I'm, you know, a pretty emotional person, but for the most part, I spend most of my day trying to be quiet because I learned a long, long time ago, and I'll, I'll say this on this call because some people need to hear it. Your ears will never get you misquoted. Your oh ears will never get you misquoted. Because there's always somebody out there that's going to say, he said, she said, they said, your ears won't get you misquoted. Just listen. And then you'll figure out who's worth your time to talk to. Because there's going to be people in your life that actually have something to say and you need to hear it. And then there's going to be people in your life that just have to say something. Do you have something to say or do you just have to say something? And I think that's a challenge too for us as believers, you know, that they're always expecting us to be on a pulpit. We don't need to be the sage on the stage, on the stage, be the guide on the side. Come on. That's what we were supposed to do. As far as I'm concerned, the stage should remain vacant because I don't deserve to be on it. My job is to put somebody else up there and give them a moment to shine because I've done my shine and I've been there. I've been there. And that's why I like what I do. I spend my entire life, it's all I ever wanted to do, and it goes back to the point guard, I just want to assist, and in all of this, I think I'm assisting God here. That doesn't make me chosen or called or anything like that, it just makes me confident in my path, because I've been shown it, and I've had success in it, and I know what it feels like, looks like, I want that for somebody else. So golden. Y'all see? I can't look you know you listening you're listening so I don't even have to tell y'all how I feel about that but you know there's so many things that you just dropped the mic on that right <laughs> uh one of the things that I'm always trying my best to live and walk is as you mentioned right second Corinthians 2 and 15 says we are the aroma Christ right and so when you talked about when people see me coming mm -hmm. right and, and I think about that often because, you know, I, I teach, okay? Mm -hmm. That is my calling upon my life. I teach the babies. Let me tell you something. Teaching is not for the faint at heart for, no, so, it's many not. <laughs> for so many different reasons. But let me tell you something. One thing I will say, many people talk about this generation, but this generation is honest, okay? Mm -hmm. These young people are honest about everything, okay? And so one of the things they will do is they will tell you about yourself, Yes. okay? So if you smell good or not, they will tell you. One of the things they always say is, oh, what are you wearing, coach? You smell good, right? And so I always laugh because I do. I love a good fragrance, sis. You know that about me. I love a good fragrance. And so, but I laugh about that, but that is what Christ also calls us to be. We know those individuals that when we see them coming, they're much like a fragrance that we test out and we're like, mm -mm, no, mm -hmm. that's not for me. That doesn't meet my nose where it needs to be. Yep. I don't want, uh-uh, that's too loud. You put on too much, right? We know people <laughs> like that, right? We know people where it's like, my mom would always talk about little kids, like, give me another hug. You just smell so good, right? Yep. I want to be that person. I want to be that person that when even I leave the room, my scent stayed yep. and it lingered for those to enjoy, yep. right? When you come around me, if we're to be the aromas of Christ, and as it says, it says among those who are being saved and those who are perishing, 
both. It does mean nothing to be able to just stand in the midst of all Christians and stand in the midst. Even Jesus didn't just hang with the Christians, right? He didn't just hang with the the right the people that were walking in the righteous, right? Yep. We all know that to be true. And so the Roman, if I'm not Roman of Christ, I'm not just walking in the midst of those who know Him and following Him and are, that are saved. I'm also being that in the midst of those that are perishing. So much like you just said, what am I speaking? How am I living my life? Mm -hmm. Am I positive? What am I sharing? Because one of the biggest misconceptions that I tell people this all the time, it's not at all the fact that people don't want to believe in this amazing Christ that we serve and this amazing God that we serve. It's what we represent Mm -hmm. on the outside that they see. Mm -hmm. It's not him. Mm -hmm. Oh no, it's not even church. We're the church and that's the problem. Right. What are we showing? Right. I saw this video the other day and it may have poked people the wrong way, but sometimes truth does. Right. I'm going to look at that quote that somebody said today. It was like so deep. Y'all hang on because it's just <laughs> I was like, you know, normally I'll be like, I'll come back to it. But no, this needed to be said. He actually is our uh, campus minister for FCA. And he said, I need you to understand this. He says the cross of Jesus Christ is offensive to many because it confronts many. That that's it, right? We can talk if we want to be truthful about it. It's not so much that oh, it's offensive. No, no, no. It confronts us. Mm-hmm. And for those that are believers and true believers in what he says, we're not perfect. But what it does is it confronts me. It convicts me, right? And so of that, if I'm in the aroma of him when I'm walking, when I'm talking, and trying to be in his likeness, that's when the person says, "Ooh," like we said in this conversation, "What is it about her? I want to be that person," like you said. Mm-hmm. I want, when they see me walking, it's like, I need to be amongst that. Not, I need to run away from that. Yeah. Well, so, and, you know, and, and you hate saying this, Chelsea, and it, but it's true. I think I have to ask myself every day, am I attractive? And that doesn't have anything to do with how I look. Yeah. Is there something different about me that makes you curious? Do you want to know what I know? Do you want to believe the same things I believe? Do you want to know what I believe so you can explore it from yourself? Nobody likes to be confronted. Nobody likes to be confronted. And it's so funny you were talking about this generation. My favorite thing about this generation, and I tell everybody this is Generation Y, W-H-Y, because they question everything. Hey, uh, wash your hands. Why? Because I said so. That doesn't work anymore. It It doesn't work anymore. But I think about a lot, am I attractive? Would you want to, would you want to be, you know, in a foxhole with me? Am I the person that you would choose to help you, to help you fight out? And I, and I think about, because it's a, it's a path and you're trying to take this path and you're trying to present in a certain way. And, and we all try, we do. And, and sometimes we just, we fail. And we're human. And I just think more Christians have to own that. I am perfectly imperfect and I'm okay with that. I wasn't created to be perfect. I was created in his perfect image. Come on. But I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail at some point again tomorrow. I am. I know that. I know it's part of my path. I know it's part of all of our paths. And it's one of the, it was actually in my reading this morning. It says that the path that wisdom brings is a path of justice and light 
and it's a sharp contrast to any other. The path of the wise is not always easy, but it is noble and will bring satisfaction to the believer and glory to God, for we are created in his perfect likeness, not to pretend to be perfect. Mm. Mm. I don't pretend to be perfect. I don't pretend to be smart. I don't pretend to be anything. I am who I am and who I was intended to be. The only thing, the only thing that I try to be every day is better. Better than I was yesterday, not better than you, not better than somebody with one of those 50 edited photos on Instagram, because that would be me. I am trying to be a better version of myself today than I was yesterday. Just a little bit better. And because I know that throughout the course of my day, there's going to be a moment that is going to give me an opportunity to gauge my growth. There's going to be a conversation that's hard. There's going to be a, a situation that maybe I could step into, maybe I could step out of. There's going to be a lot of things. I don't think that he puts us on this path, runs us down this gauntlet of tests, and then just leaves us alone. I think it's every day he's given us a pop quiz. That's for my teachers. He's not, he's not waiting to the end of the semester and give you one test. You get little pop quizzes every day because he's trying to figure out what you've learned so he knows when you're ready to learn something else. Mm -hmm. That's the only way, that, that's the only way I gauge my day. Did I, did I do better today than I did yesterday? Mm. That's it. I'm not in competition with you. You can win, it doesn't mean I lose. I can win doesn't mean you lose. When you operate from a spirit of abundance rather than scarcity, your life will open up so many more possibilities for you. We need to operate out of abundance because I don't think he put us all on this earth, created all of us, gave us all these opportunities just to be enough that one or two people could win. We're all supposed to win. Name one loser that he put in the Bible. Name one. Come on. We were created to win. And a win to me looks different than a win for you and a win for Robert and a win for Byron, whoever is on this call or hearing. Our wins don't have to look the same. We just need to keep stacking wins. Did you win today? And when you ask yourself when, I always look at it, W-I-N, what's important now? What's important now? What am I doing right now? How did I get better? How can I get better? Who can I help? Because I found that the greatest wins in my entire life have come when I helped someone else win. How can I get better? Let's go on then. Now, you know, before we get out of here, I'm gonna throw one at you. There we go. Throw, you know, I have to, right. There I love go. that too. Yeah, that definitely had to pin that one back in, Robert. When, what's important now, now. Mm -hmm. I told y'all, that's what she does. She throws them out there. I talk in yeah, sound bites, man. They interviewed me way too <laughs> I long. I love it. I love it. I'm telling y'all, I'm going to take this down. And now listen, I'm going to throw this one at you. You know, I always have to, I have to get you. I have, there's, you know, all of y'all and there's certain ones. Robert's another one, but I have to give it. Uh, Huff is another one. I have to give it. And this one, I was like, okay, there's one, Lord, I, I got to give one that's heavy, but I know it's going to help us in her response. I don't even know what her response would be. I am terrified right. of this, but come on. Don't be, right? Because I think we always hear obedience is greater than sacrifice. We mm -hmm. always hear about being obedient. Obey, 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 right? And of course, naturally in being Christians and servant leaders, all those things, especially us living in a world where everybody is not a believer, Correct. right? We know what it means to obey, right? Mm -hmm. So 
So what emotions or responses do you have as a leader, right? Of so many different facets of organizations, Mm -hmm. when you know you must lead according to the black and white of your position, but you know you must lead in the abundance and and obey the one that you serve before any other type. Boy, how how do you deal with that quandary? (laughs) Yeah. I, I think it's because the way I deal with it is, you know, just the situation I'm in right now, Chelsea, I was offered this role after they met with me for three days. I took four and a half weeks to give them an answer. I waited, I paused. And then the question that always comes up for me when I'm considering, am I going to work for this company? Am I going to work for this cause? Am I going to, you know, how am I going to lead this group? Do I have to sacrifice my integrity? Do I have to sacrifice my integrity for this paycheck? Mm. Because when I think about that, there is no number that you can ever write on a paycheck that can buy that from me. My integrity is something that far outweighs holding a title, a position, a job, there are thousands of jobs out there. I can go get another one. But if I have to sacrifice my integrity, if my moral compass turns from pointing due north to anything else, I can't be there because I can't serve two masters. I can't, I can't. And the other thing I can't do, Chelsea, is I can't look the people that love me in the eye. And if I can't do that, I don't need to be there. You know, you've seen my mama. You don't want to look in that woman's eyes and let that woman down. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. <laughs> I, I think I think about that. And then I even, you know, this is going to make you laugh, but I even think about, like Hendrix, I think about your daughter. I think about my one-year-old nephew. Could I explain that to them? Mm-hmm. Could I explain why I made that choice that was taking me so far away from what I believed and who I am? just to hold a title, make a little bit of money. Could I explain that? And if the answer is no, then I'm not going to do it. That's just me. My integrity can't be bought. Neither can my moral compass, neither can my beliefs, neither can my faith. But on the flip side of that, I always think, well, what if I get in there and I change their mind? Come on. Rather than rather than them changing me and me conforming to them, what if I make them shape shift to what I believe? Come on. Or at least let them see it. Because what I used to tell my coaches is if we wanted our female players to be a woman, they had to see a woman. Well, if you want somebody to be a Christian, let them see a Christian. Don't just tell them that you're one. Let them see it. Because we believe first with our eyes. And that's why it's so hard to walk by faith and not by sight. We believe with our eyes, we'll let them see it. Let them see it. Let them see it. Let them see it at work. Let them see it at play. Let them see it in your conversations, how you carry yourselves, what you find to be important. Let them see it. If you want them to be it, let them see it. So you can either conform and let your environment change you, or you can just step in that room like God sent you there and change your environment because he did. He gave you that option, walk away or walk through. We always get that option. And, and sometimes the only way out of those kind of fires is through. So let's walk through it. Y'all see here now. I know, bro. I know Robert, uh, Robert has something for you. Sure. 
I don't even have, I can't. Robert, you, you're good, bro. Go ahead. <laughs> when I say this is absolutely amazing, um, Missy Zell, I've never met you before, don't know you. Um, but scripture in Matthew says, let your light shine so men and women might see his great works so that he might get the glory in heaven. Absolutely. Another scripture in 1 Peter 5 and 6, I think it says, humble yourself before the mighty hand of God and he will lift you up. I had to remove myself from a position just so, like you just said a few seconds ago, my integrity can't be bought with yep. a price or anything like that. So when I removed myself from that position, I started questioning God. I was like, are you tripping? I'm thinking <laughs> I'm going to get a pay cut, but I got a pay raise. Mm -hmm. um, but, but just to hear your humility and your story, um, you ain't seen nothing yet. Thanks. I believe God's going to blow your mind in the last <laughs> four months of this year. The Bible yeah. says your latter days will be greater than your past. So stay encouraged. Keep doing what you're doing. And this is absolutely, Chelsea, you know I love you. Miss Ezell, I love you too. I just bet you. But your testimony is powerful and I absolutely love it. So just continue to do what you're doing. Stay encouraged. I got to talk to a parent, but I had to get that out of my spirit. So I appreciate, I appreciate the advance and I'm excited about your future. Thank you, sir. But, Thank but I'm you. still listening. All right. <laughs> All right. Listen, I let Rob, Robert is a, a servant leader. Rob is a servant leader virus. Um, he's been on uh, a couple of times. So if you aren't new to the pod, you haven't listened, go back and find it. Robert Knotts Jr. Go back and find him. He speaks on spiritual gifts. And we also had him on before um, where actually he took over the whole show for me uh, early on, uh, early on in this uh, endeavor. So for sure. Uh, do we have anybody else? I don't want to ever leave somebody out in that if you do, because, <laughs> you know, that's what she does. She just kind of brings it out of you. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, before we go, you know, there's also, for those that are constant listening to the podcast, you know, and since you know this too, so you're already privy a little bit, there's two questions I have to give you before we get out. Come on, um, because you are new. They're very quick, but the first one is, I'm going to give this one back to you again. I'm going to see if your answer changes. But everybody knows I love to do my God is devotional. It reminds me every single day in the midst of what we say, it allows me to wait. Why am I still talking, right? Mm -hmm. It allows me to understand to win, right? What's important now it tells me that God is, and I just sit there and in my mental Rolodex, I'll just say, he's this, and he's this, and he's this, and he's this. And I also say what he's not. Mm -hmm. So often we fail to realize that the blessing sometimes is what he doesn't allow, mm -hmm. right? But you don't get a, a full list. Today, you get one. Okay. So if I said God is, and I drew an imaginary line, mm -hmm. how would servant leader Brittany Ezell feel that blank? God is what? Good. Come on now. All, All the time. The time. <laughs> I love it. I all love it. And all the time he is good. Mm -hmm. And of course, we've talked about servant leadership. You all, I'm going to let y'all know right now, y'all better go find her episode. She has been on before. So I'm not going to ask about servant leadership. This is, I'm going to shift this and I'm going to, because she always talks about eulogy living, right? She always talks about, you know, God is not going to ask me about my record. He's not going to ask me about, as you heard her say, walking trophies. This is what I ask you and will leave you with in this episode. All right. What does servant leader Brittany Ezell want for her legacy to be? Oh, gosh. What do I want my legacy to be? I think mine is going to be a little bit different, Chelsea, because my definition of legacy is different. And when, when people hear legacy, they think about things that you leave for people. I don't want to leave things for people. I want to leave things in people. Come on. 
So my legacy is something that I'm going to leave in you. And I hope it's a, I hope it's a competitive kindness. I hope that it is a thoughtfulness. I hope that it is um, an ever-seeking curiosity on how you can be better. I don't want a lot of fancy words and, and those things to be said about me. I, I mean, everybody would love to say they want their legacy to be, you know, I'm gonna leave this and I'm gonna leave this and I'm gonna have this, nah. I want you to live your life in a way that is just a little bit um, infectious because I think that's how I view my spirit. It's just a little bit infectious. And I want you to always have a light within you. That's what I want my legacy to be within you. Not left for you, but within you. Take it with you. Take it with you. Y'all, I, I try to tell you. I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know <laughs> what else to say. I, don't, I can't call it, but since what I will say yeah. is, Lord knows I love you. And oh. I appreciate you, right? Every yeah. single day, because you, what you guys just got in this hour, <laughs> I have access to that every day, right? And yes, I'm going to brag on that. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to definitely brag on that. <laughs> that is funny. Look, I, like I said, my gifts are not mine to keep or to hide or to, or to hoard. And if there's ever anybody that's on your calls or anything that I can ever do, you know, I will, I, I can pick up the phone. It, it, it costs people nothing to be kind, but yet people act like it's the most expensive thing in the world. And when sometimes all you have to do is just be there and listen, just validate somebody else's presence, just acknowledge them, say, Hey, it's cool. I got you. Call me, shoot me a text, send me a picture. I, I got you. And you know, I appreciate you. I, I think about you guys all the time. I pray for you and your beautiful family. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, you, you know, if you ever need me, I, we're down like four flats without a spare. Whatever you need, I'm, I'll come get you. I'll come get you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Of course, before we go, um, we're definitely going to pray and cover you and everybody else that's listening on this call. So everybody bow your heads. Heavenly Father, unless y'all driving. Heavenly Father, we thank you right now. And we appreciate you right now just for the opportunity and ability for past the cross, right? We don't find it any part of a coincidence that you've allowed these set people to hear and be and join and to just learn and grow today, this evening. I ask right now, Lord God, that you just meet everybody at their point of need. We don't need to know what they need, but you know, Lord God. So I ask that you meet them at their point of need. I ask right now, Lord God, a special blessing, Lord God, a special touch over servant leader, Brittany Ezell, Lord God, be with her, Lord God, from the crown of her head to the soles of her feet, Lord God, help her as she walks and moves and extends out, Lord God, and grows and touches to assist others, Lord God, help us to remember to wait, Lord God, help us to remember to win, but most of all, Lord God, I ask that you help us to be lights, help us to illuminate so that those that may not know you can find you. Help us to understand, Lord God, in order for them to see, be a Christian, they have to first see a Christian. We thank you. We love you and appreciate you. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I can't say servant leader, Brittany Zell, you're now a part of servant leader family because you already are. I was already in. I didn't, I didn't know you could be excommunicated from that. I did not, I did not know that. I mean, you, you just don't have to call me coach anymore. You can call me doctor. You can call me Brit. Just don't call me late to go to dinner. All right, let's go. I got you. I got call you. Me. Call, me, call me. Call me. Thank you so much.
I thank anybody else for those that don't know him, right? If there's any other call that made you even enticed to want to know more about him, Chelsea Johnson Muir on Facebook, Chelsea Johnson Muir on YouTube, at the Chelsea Elf on Twitter. Find me, y'all. Find Dr. Brittany Zell. Find yeah. anybody. We will talk to you. We will get you where you need to be. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please go subscribe and listen again to all these amazing nuggets so we can stay in touch with you and grow with you. But more than anything, we thank you guys for listening. We're going to see you guys next time. Appreciate it.